And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Feel like I'm a clown who's just been asked to juggle. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our final January edition of With me, as always, my friend of yours, Ian Khan. Hello, my friends. Your friend of mine, Derek Van Rebe. Good morning. Yes. Uh, what a busy time of year right now. We got a lot going on in this rundown, a lot going on that I didn't put in the rundown. Um, the PitchCon is going on, and we're all on separate panels. Um, I, I did my panel Wednesday night. I did my my Wednesday night panel. Did you guys do the poker game? I didn't do the poker game. I, didn't, I don't play poker. I did not do the poker. Well, I don't know when. It, I think the poker game is this evening, but I'm not able to do the poker game, unfortunately. What was your panel? Um, I, I had a really awesome panel. Um, I did a panel with um, Fred Zinke and Glenn Colton. Nice. Wow. And Steve That's Gardner. That's quite the duo. And Steve Gardner. Yeah. That's and quite so the quadro. The four of us talked about uh, only leagues and <laughs> it was really quite something. It was a, it was a really uh, fun and, you know, it, it, I didn't talk much on the show. I was sort of the, the traffic. I was the host of it. Uh, I kind of put the panel together. And I, when Nick, Nick Pollock asked me, Hey, you going to do something this year? And I was like, well, I mean, I could just do another dynasty one where I sit there and talk about the same stuff I talk about every year about, Hey, you want to do this? You want to get value? And I was like, Hey, I, I, if I can get uh, Glenn and and Fred and some, like Steve to come on and do it, that would be awesome. And Nick was like, yeah, that would be amazing. Can you do that? And I was like, yeah, I think I can. So I reached out to them and they were like, yeah, love it. And so we all showed up and we all threw ideas and what what it was. And then I played, uh, you know, I played host. It was fun. Oh, great. I wasn't as good as you. Well, I but, mean, no one is. No, but, you know, no one is. Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a true truism. You're doing yours in an hour and four minutes. So uh, this show is sort of a warm up, right? For your for your big for your big event. What 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 is yours today? Second round starting pitchers, which I'm like, all right, you know, what have I? Okay, I can't be so bad at it. It's me. It's bat flip crazy, and it's uh, is it the Welsh doing second round starting pitchers? Fun. How great. So Scherzer, Bueller. Wheeler, Barrios. Uh, <laughs> don't say that. Don't say Barrios. <laughs> Please don't. Do, Why? Because he's a seventh round, sixth round pitcher, fifth round pitcher. I know. I was just I mean, it's uh, okay, Jose Urena. Jose Urena. No, uh, Julio Urias. This is going to be a great. This is going to be an incredible panel. <laughs> <laughs> DVR. What was yours? What is yours? Uh, mine is. Friday at 6 Eastern with Sammy Reed and Rudy Gamble, and it's just general draft strategy for snake drafts. God, that sounds like the punishment shift. I think it's wide open. I mean, it's like 3 o'clock for me here, so I not a bad time. I think whoever's on after us is really good, so I think they, I think we're sort of the opener for whoever the, the main act was for this evening. Nice. Well, check it out. It's it's, it's PitchCon. It's good. It's, it really is good stuff. And Feeding America, they're they're raising money for PitchCon and for Feeding America. And oh. so, oh, by the way, guys, there's going to be a moment where I have to go let my dog go to the dog walker because my wife is not home, and you can hear the dog barking in the background. When did you get a dog? Uh, two, three years ago, from <laughs> as long as we've been doing the show. He's had a dog the entire time we've been doing the show. The dog's never made a noise. No, the dog has never made a noise, but the dog, uh, typically I have my door closed, but today I was like, oh, I got to keep my door open because the doorbell is going to ring. So let me go check on that. Yeah, DVR, you, you tell stuff, say stuff, fun stuff. Be right back. Feel like I'm a clown who's just been asked to juggle. <laughs> yeah, DVR, go. I'm going to be quiet now, too. You talk for 10 minutes. <laughs> Let's just give the people a little taste of what you will have talked about on the panel. And the good news is we're talking about these things that already happened. You can go back and watch and they post them all up on YouTube after the fact. So the panel that you missed on Wednesday, if you didn't catch it when it happened, will actually be up, I think, usually like a week later. It's pretty cool that all that content lives on. Uh, but do you have anyone in the second round that you actually like as a pitcher, Nando? Because you don't strike me as a pitching early kind of guy. Oh, no, that's the problem. When I looked at my assignment, I'm like, oh, how interesting. Um 
but I'm just happy to be part of it. No, no, I mean, like, I like Walker Butler, but I think I ended up getting him in the first round in the, maybe it was the second round. I don't know. I like Walker Bueller, and then I saw something John Legeza tweeted out today about, he put a chart up, and he goes, is this, and it's like, you know, all the way up, and then crashing, <clears throat> and he's like, is this a, a chart of Bitcoin value over the last week, or is it uh, Walker Bueller's spin rate? Oh. I didn't realize he was one of those spin rate guys. Is, is, is Walker, was it the Walker Bueller spin rate? I think it was, because the numbers didn't make sense otherwise. Okay. <laughs> anyway, enough about PitchCon. We're going to get to real baseball. At some point in the show, we got to talk about this mega draft that we're doing with the MLB group. Um, by, by we, I mean me. What 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 is that? I, I didn't know what you were talking about with that. It's called like building the perfect franchise. Uh, they did it for NHL and it was awesome. Um, this is a, you pick, so here you pick an owner from one of the existing owners. Okay. You could pick a hitter and a pitcher from the existing pool of players and all prospects. I can't believe you didn't do this. You could pick you pick a GM, but the GM could be anybody. And that plays into my strategy a little bit. You pick a stadium and you pick a city. And I think that's it. So you get two mm-hmm. players? That's all you get is two players? And oh, and a manager. Of- and a manager. Yeah. Yeah. So you, a manager, an owner, two baseball players. But it has G- to be a pitcher, has to be a hitter. And Otani, once you, he's picked, that's it. He's picked. And you have to assign him as one or the other. Got it. Okay. And then you assign him as a hitter, probably. Well, all right. So, who did you pick? Who did you pick? No, it doesn't. It starts at noon today, and it's with all the MLB like it's MLB beat writers, me and Emma from the marketing team. I think I, I don't think anyone else is. And I mean, like, there, there's a Slack channel where they're talking about it already, and I'm like, my first pick has to be an owner. I've got a dark horse GM candidate, my buddy Sig from the Orioles. So I don't think anyone's going to pick him. So I'm not worried about GM. And even if they don't, my next pick is going to be Paul De Podesta, and then my next pick after that is going to be Bill Belichick. So I'm fine. I'm not going to put GMs anywhere near the top. I got, I got a list of hitters and pitchers I like, and I think I can wait on them. But I think and ballpark I don't care about. Like I'll play it wherever. Are you taking? Yes. Are you taking Mercedes? Your mean Mercedes as your hitter? I should right? Wouldn't no, that be really, the, yeah. really don't. Don't just don't put don't face put, the franchise. <laughs> face the franchise. That's for sure. Well, there's only 30 people. I mean, you're recreating the league basically from scratch. Sweet. So you're going to pick an owner first. That's the way. That's the angle you're taking. I have to. And I think like number one overall is probably going to be Artie Moreno. And number two is probably going to be Steve Cohen. Um, and then after that, like I'm at a huge but, disadvantage. But wait, wait, because wait, wait. This, this all wait, be wait, wait, wait. Why, why would Artie Moreno yeah, why, go Why first? are you going? He's the greatest owner in baseball. Mm, He's like one. an endless amount of money and he doesn't meddle. Uh, you don't think no, he meddles? You, no. You I do? mean... Look, you can't go Artie Moreno. You don't. You do not need to go first pick in the draft. Your first pick on. Well, I'm Artie number Moreno. seventeen. I'm number. I'm. I got the seventeenth pick out of. Three. There is no way that Artie Moreno is going to be a top level, top half owner. You're crazy. You, pick you have to choose an actual owner. Like it, it can't be just a random rich person no, to be yeah, the new owner of your team. No, and that's the problem. Like, I think everyone's going to be scrambling for owners because so many of these uh, participants are beat writers, and they deal with like. You know, the Bob Nuttings of the world. You know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could see. I, but but go Cohen. Go Steve Cohen. Go big or go home. I mean, yeah, the guy. Gonna, he meddles too much. Tweets too much. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah, but like, what are you building? Like, how, how is this how is this being quantified? I guess is the question that I want to ask you. I don't. I think there, there are a couple of judges who are going to take a look at everything. Oh, judge. Oh, okay. So there's no. All right. So I would say the GM. There's no sim. If you here's what I would say. If you're going to pick the Orioles general manager, and that's the assistant, way you want to go, assistant uh, general manager. You're going to. So you don't have to take. That can be your last pick. Clearly, right. like that could be right. your last pick. You understand that. If you want Artie Moreno, I, I don't know if with the 17th pick, if you had a chance to get Juan Soto on your team, like you need, <laughs> you know, or Mike Trout on your team, no I way. would, I would go. You know, I would go Soto. I would go Tatis. I would be a little nervous about Acuna. I would love to. This isn't fantasy. So getting Vlad Jr. to have Vlad Jr. as the face of your franchise or Otani as the face of your franchise, it's worth the downside of not getting an Artie Moreno. So you know you don't have to deal with general managers. The downside of Artie Moreno is huge. It's John Sherman or it's like uh, okay, Jim, so, po- it's Jim Polad. Oh, my God, dude. Or John Do Fisher. But if you – but. Okay, fine, but so there's. It's the least important part of this exercise. It's the though, most isn't it? important. It's the money. 
No, because you control everything else about the organization. Like if you have stars, right, and and you get to choose how the team is run, that's going to lead you to more success than the owner. No way. Look at the Tampa Bay Rays situation. Stu Sternberg is not a good owner. That's a great franchise because they do everything else right. So just build it where you do everything else right. They should have won five World Series by now. But okay. Don't use your first pick on Artie Marino. I'm, I'm going to. He's not okay. going to be there. Uh, should, it, should be Bill DeWitt. <laughs> He's not going to be there. Who's going to take Artie Moreno before your pick comes? I, how much? Hey, all right. You know what? Put it in the spreadsheet. I guarantee you Artie Moreno is going to be gone by the 17th pick. Okay, I will I bet like you I sign up for this. Now. I am going to double. I'm going to. I, I'm going to double or nothing. Anything that that Artie Moreno is not gone by the 17th pick. I will. I will bet a car. All right, put your dog Marino. on the line. I actually want no, to see you guys wager a car. <laughs> no, oh my god! And I'm not going to do a car because I'm not going to take his car because that would end the friendship. But I'm going to put a really strong dollar down. There's one dollar going down that at the 17th pick, Artie Moreno's there. I'm then going to say that when it wraps back around to you with the next pick, Artie Moreno's still going to be there. Artie Moreno is not a top 10 owner. He's just not going to be. So that is crazy. He spends so much money and yeah. is such an affable guy. They are. I mean, you know, look, dude, do your thing. Do you think he might have, he might've learned from the Pujols mistake. I mean, he locked up trout long, long term. 17. Look, what I'm saying to you is that pick 17. If one of the major faces of a franchise is still available, not a pitcher, do not take a pitcher. Don't take Garrett Cole. Don't take Corbin Burns. Like pitcher. You can get Nestor Cortez. That's our pitcher. (laughs) So we're going to wait second to last round for that. (laughs) Nestor. You know who I'm actually thinking about? Hunter Green. <laughs> See, fine, fine. I mean, you want to do, <laughs> but take him in the last round because no, no one else your, is going to draft. Take the him. assistant GM. Well, yeah, Sig Mydell's going to the last Orioles round. Yeah. In the well, last second round. to last, yeah. You can you can wait on Hunter Green though too because thinking about the room, the room is not going after Hunter Green. No way, no chance. Yeah, I, don't I think would, so. If Otani's going to be, but you know what? When you get to the thirtieth pitcher picked, right? It doesn't matter. I, I don't care about the. Well, that's pitcher. what I'm saying. Like when you get to like the 25th pitcher picked as the face of your franchise, who are you really looking at? Like might as well go for Hunter Green at that point. I, I don't totally disagree with that option. You know you're going GM late. Do what you know. You know what? Do whatever you want. You do uh, this. I brought it up because I respect both of your opinions on everything except for owners. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just trying to angle in for an opportunity to be the GM of the Angels. I mean, I feel like that's what this entire <laughs> yeah. segment has been based. Here's around. here's what I would say. I have very I have very powerful counsel on this. Okay, I really have a strong opinion on it. At 17, take the best bat available. Take the best bat available. If if any of the top here, I'm going to my dynasty ranks, which will be dropping. They are ready to go, but we're going to hold it till next week because of football, which I respect and I appreciate. If, well, it's nice you to hold it for four weeks uh, from when you first mentioned it. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah, Fair enough. Yeah. But they're good. Dude, they're good. I think they're really good. I'm very – I feel very confident about this uh, top 400. I mean, not super confident. I'm sure I made a mistake here or made a mistake there. But it has been picked through and really, like, combed through. And the spelling, Will Garofalo, who reached out to me on Twitter and said, hey, you want me to do your spelling? I'll do your spelling. Went above and beyond the call <laughs> of duty. And took care of everything. Yeah, I'm prob- well from the show because I was talking on the show like I need somebody, uh, and Will and Will was like, "Hey, I'll help you." Um, and he reached out, and I was like, "Okay, that'd be awesome." And then I was like, oh, "I'll find two or three things," and he found like 20 names. He's like, "Hey, you may want to change that. Eh, the smelling of that. And do you want a junior there, or do you know?" And I was like, "All right, yeah, yeah, thank you, please." So, thanks, anyway, Will. Thank you very much, Will. Real tip of the hat to you. Real, real grateful. Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, Acuna, Vlad, Trey Turner, Bichette, Otani, even Kyle Tucker. Ah, I'm putting Harper. Bichette. I didn't have Bichette on my list. That's not a bad one. Uh, any of those eight. What about Pete Alonso? I would take Pete Alonso at 17 over Artie Moreno yeah, at 17, I, if, that's, if that's what you're thinking. I, what about Wander Franco? Yeah, you could do Wander oh, Franco. Yes, 100%. You could totally yes. do Wander Franco. And you could do Louis Robert. You could do – actually, you know who I would really consider is Mookie Betts. Because you're really talking about not just – it's again, it's not a fantasy game. It's about, like, who's the face of your franchise. So I'm not going to take Bryce Harper there. I'm not going to take Devers. I'm not going to take uh, Ramirez. I will take Louis Robert. I will take Mookie Betts. I will take Wander Franco. I would take Ozzie Albies. I would I would be all in on Mike Trout or Julio Rodriguez. I would not go pitcher. Bobby Witt Jr., for some reason, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do Machado. I don't want to do Bogarts. I don't want anybody who's going to get, who's going to, well, Bogarts is solid. I mean, a great baseball player for sure. Uh, Freddie Freeman would be a great guy, actually. 
Aaron Judge would be a great guy. Yeah, I got He's, Judge on my list too. Yeah, yeah. That those are. I'd be looking for a face of the franchise player as a bat. And if you want to take Artie Moreno, I just, I mean, and also I think manager is is would be a more important in a way. Like I would go in terms of importance for a team. I would go face of the franchise first, actually. If I had, if I got one of, if one of these guys, Soto, Tatis, Acuna, Vlad, or Bichette, or Otani fall, fall, even Trey Turner, you know, for some reason, eh. if any of those guys fall to 17, I would take them. But then the next choice I would make would be manager. It really would. And don't take Tony LaRusa. I mean, who, who would, He's who would you take? Don't worry. Who would you take as manager? If you were starting from, I, see, I, my first thought was Cora. But then you think about the suspension. Like the guys I really like are guys who got caught cheating, like Cora and Hinch. Those are really good managers. But who would be who would be your manager that you would pick? Let's go DVR since he hasn't talked much. D- DVR, Kevin Cash, Craig Council. I mean, I, I think yeah, some yeah. of the, the younger managers on the teams that were quicker to go the route that they've gone with, you know, mixing and matching, platooning. I think Bob Melvin would be a good choice. He's done that for a long time in Oakland. I mean, there's a handful of managers that I think are a notch better. I love cash. I think cash is a super solid choice. And I also like counsel. I think that's another really, really good choice. What about Gabe Kapler? No, I wouldn't do Kapler personally. I mean, I, I would do. He just led the Giants from nothing to a playoff team. It's right? true. It's true. I'm just saying what I would do. I wouldn't right. go Kapler. I would go. Buck so, so Walter? No, I wouldn't make that the face of my franchise. No. Donnie geez, Baseball? Like, no, definitely. I would not do that. And I love Joe, Donnie Baseball. Joe Madden? He's so cranky. Dusty Baker? I'm over the Joe Madden experience. Oh, really? I think you could do worse, but I, I think... I wouldn't mind Dusty. I, I wouldn't mind Dusty at all. Like, if, if if you found yourself scrambling and you ended up with Dusty Baker, pff, go for that, man. God, yeah. Artie Moreno's money with Sig running the show and Pete Alonzo and Hunter Green is the faces of your France. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at. I don't even... We'll play in the trop. I don't care. Jesus. Playing Yankee Stadium. I'm not going to waste a high draft pick on Yankee Stadium. No, you don't. You're right. You shouldn't. What's waste the worst? It. I mean, what's the worst field? There really isn't a horrible, terrible Coors. You don't want Coors. Oakland Coliseum, I guess. And you I don't do want the. And you don't want the Colorado. I mean, at DVR, does he want the Colorado ownership? No, no, no. You, you no. do not want that. Is one of the bottom three ownership situations in the league. You're basically avoiding the worst possible scenario, and I think your Artie Moreno argument is that he's better than some of the worst options because he does spend money on payroll. Agreed. Like, I agree. That so, matters. I'm so confused. I like in my head, I thought Artie Moreno was like like the gold standard of team owner. Like he's got like zero controversy, always spends money on players, doesn't seem to meddle. Like he's not like a Steinbrennery kind of guy. He seems like he operates in the shadows. Has a has a cool mustache. Like what's what's wrong with Artie Moreno? <laughs> Look at the way he runs the organization, though. Like the, cutting the pay for minor leaguers during the pandemic, he does all sorts of stuff like that. That's not good. Like even though he lets you spend on big league payroll, you have to consider the entire health of the organization. Player development with the Angels has it really been that good during his tenure as owner? Do they invest that way? Typically, no. Like, it's not that they haven't found big league players and developed big league players, but they don't do that nearly as well as most organizations, especially on the pitching side. Anyway, all right, I fine. don't know. Oh, all right. Hold on. I, I just Googled me. Artie Moreno, and now I know why you guys don't like him. All right. Let's move on. I'll find <laughs> someone new. Although, maybe that'll drive his value down. Maybe, but you'd have to send it out to everybody else. Just try to get, if there's a bat available, if one of those big face of the franchise bats is available, I would just dive on that. If you, I mean, if you say it's Pete Alonso or Aaron Judge, I could, I could respect that. But just the da- the downside is, I, let me be, cl- let me, let me be clear. Do you want Polad running this team? Do what you want. Do what makes you happy, because it doesn't matter. And if you don't do what you want, then you're going to come back next week and you're going to say, guys, it all went bad, and it's all because of you. And I listened to you, and then Arnie Moreno went, and I'm miserable. It's like Chris Sale all over again. If you, yeah, it's like, or it's like uh, Tyler Wade all over again. I ain't doing yeah, that. Oh no, that one, you, that one, that one. The, well, my opinion wasn't asked for on Tyler Wade. He just showed up on our team the next right. day. Right. Well, that was a really smart move. And <laughs> yeah, it was great. It worked out great. <laughs> it worked out great. Um, no, but so if you want to take our team, it was my team. Do do Artie do Artie Moreno in your first round. That's fine. You made me, because you made me pay for that team, and then you still put Tyler Wade on. It. I actually think that you will get Pete Alonso late. 
I think that Pete Alonso is going to stick around. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think he's. Gonna be, I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. So so you know, if you have a passion for a person, do it, and then we'll see. Someone's going to judge it and rank it, and they're going to go. You're going to be playing in 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 the trop. You're going to have Artie Moreno. Your manager is going to be Tony Larusa, and your GM is going to be the assistant GM <laughs> of the Baltimore Orioles. I don't so know why you're rocking Sig. He's considered a genius, I, and he's a good friend of mine. And so. I'll tell you this: his his that system is interesting. That's an interesting system. Good. Scramble to say something nice now. Go ahead. No, no, no. It's true. It is. It's a. It's one of the better systems in baseball right now. Which is an end. I don't think we talked. Did we talk about the? Yeah, we talked a little bit about the the fences. Where do you have Grayson back. Rodriguez? Let's get into your rankings. Okay, I'd be happy to get into the rankings. Right, I have him at making fun of Sigan. I have him at one fifty three. Too low DVR. On a full dynasty list? No, I don't think so. I mean, we haven't seen him pitch in the big leagues yet. The park, even with the adjustments that we talked about last week, still going to be probably at least a slight hitter's park, right? It's not going to go completely neutral as a result of these moves. So it's it's I think just about right. Young pitchers. I mean, that's as high as I have any pitcher prospect pitcher. He's my number one pitching prospect, and that's where I've got him. Hold on, I just want to make sure of that. Yeah, I think that's right. What are the numbers next to the names? Because I pulled you up, and there are numbers next to the names, but it looks like they're already in some kind of order. Yeah, no. So the numbers next to the name are what they were in the at the last ranking. So it just goes in order from one to four hundred, straight up. I can I can reformat that for you if you want. No, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Then so you can put in what it was in the last one, or you don't have to. But um, yeah, no. There's a there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. It's interesting stuff. It's fun. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Cedric Mullins shot up. Yeah, he shot up big. Teoscar Hernandez, what's with the He jumped, but I feel like we knew what he was. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he Teoscar Hernandez, so, so much of how I compile this list is in my own research and watching the players, but also in talking to people who I really respect and hearing what they have to say about the players. And actually, I got some, I got some differing uh, words on Teoscar Hernandez long term, but I also made a trade for him. I made a dynasty trade last weekend, which was uh, sort of super fun. Traded Jazz Chisholm and Garrett Crochet for um, Carlos Correa, Teoscar Hernandez, and Michael Kopech. Be going for it this year, huh? Yeah, yeah. This is the this is the expensive Brett Sarah league that Brett and I are sharing a team, and so we moved. Look, we moved Jazz Chisholm because people really want Jazz Chisholm, and I'm curious actually. DVR, where are you on Chisholm? I the, the, he he's got so much upside, but he concerns me a little bit. And last year at this time, I was trying to add Jazz Chisholm in any deal, just take Jazz Chisholm off my hands. And this is so much for me about what dynasty leagues are all about. Is and nobody wanted him, right? So I was like, all right, let's hold him. And then we held him, and look what happened. He had a ridiculous April and May, and his you know his stock rose dramatically. And then the stock is still high, right? So I posted on the board, hey, Jazz Chisholm's out there. And this other owner was like, we were talking about other players. And he was like, I really want Jazz Chisholm. When I hear somebody say that they really want somebody, that's who I want to trade. And he also said that he wasn't a big Carlos Correa fan. Now, I'm not an enormous Carlos Correa fan. I'm not as high on him as as some people. But the value of getting Teoscar and basically Teoscar and Correa for Chisholm in a dynasty it just was too much value to pass up. And the, the guy was not big on Kopech and was big on Crochet. So it was an even, it was sort of an obvious swap. Like he he thinks that Garrett Crochet is going to be Chris Sale. And I can see that. Like I don't even need to squint that hard to see it. 
if he does become a starter. I, I just, you know, I got Michael Kopech. I've been talking about him as a knucklehead dating wrong people for years, and I feel like I got him on the re- on the relative cheap side. But as a dynasty player, to be able to hold on to those chips, it's why prospects are so valuable. I got into this really interesting conversation with Tom Trudeau last week where he was, you know, Tom was the is the originator of the prospect idea back in 2013 when he was writing for MLB.com and doing a prospect, a dynasty list in 2013. And he just moved all his prospects all the way up to the top. And now, I mean, I'm sharing something. I don't think he's going to mind. Tom's like, you know, prospects aren't as, as valuable. I get that. And there's more risk, certainly. But they are valuable because what happens when they do grow and they have like a breakout the way Judge Chisholm does, you can get a significant return. And and that's what I think happened here. But so DVR, I'm going to ask you this. There's a lot of, a lot of information in there. DVR, where are you on Jazz Chisholm for this year and moving forward? Do you think there is like top third, second round upside with Jazz Chisholm in the future? Because that's the upside. The upside is second round, maybe even first round future. The downside is 12th round future. You know, the down, the, the real, the real downside is he's back in the minor leagues in May because he's struggling so hard. DVR, what do you think? The thing that worries me the most about Jazz Chisholm is that even in the lower levels of the minor leagues, he's carried some pretty high strikeout rates. I know age to level, he's been young for the level. I know from a development standpoint, seeing more advanced pitching has been a a bigger leap for him than it's been for prospects from other places. So that has to be factored in as well. Like you can't, you can't look at him the same way you'd look at at someone that was, you know, a, a kid that grew up in California facing top amateur pitching throughout high school, right? It's not quite the same, but second round upside I think it's possible just because we're talking about someone whose power speed combo alone can make him earn value as basically a top 75 pick, I think is where he's going right now. I think the thing about him for this year, especially, is that I'm comfortable drafting him in that range, but I'm only doing it if I'm chasing the speed, especially. We saw the ground ball rate jump up quite a bit last year compared to where it was in the minors. I'm curious to see how quickly he can lower that. If he puts more balls in the air, he can exceed expectations from a power perspective. I mean, he he probably has a top-end ceiling of a 30-30 guy if everything clicks. Absolutely, that's yeah. Top, that's the, that's the upside. Top 1% or top 3% sort of outcome. More likely, living in the world of projections, looking at ATC and the bad X, he's in the 235 to 241 range with his average, right around 20 homers and low 20 steals. He's going to play every day or almost every day on that team. He's going to have a good spot in the lineup. But the downside is that if he strikes out enough, if he slumps badly enough, he's not necessarily at a point in his career where he avoids getting sent down for a little while. Like That's that's, that's, that's in the range it. of outcomes, that's... too. Like 30-30 is in there at the high end, but time at AAA is in there at the low end. So you've got this really wide range of outcomes, a really exciting player with a few ways he can make value. Um, even just hitting the ball in the air more gets him a step closer. If he gets the K right down, the sky really is the limit for him because the tools are really good. Yeah, that's what makes him. And on the on the there's a dynasty ADP that our friend Chris Clegg over at Fantrax with Eric Cross did. And congratulations, by the way, just want to say this to all of the FSWA nominees in Best Podcast. We did not get nominated this year, guys, but still. That was our fault. That was our own fault. It, it, it's it's all it's all positive and it's all good. And we'll, we enjoy doing it every year, every week is when, we, when we're doing it on a weekly basis, which typically we do. Uh, but congratulations to everybody who was nominated, certainly in the podcast group, you know, Sleeper, all, all of them. I, I, we don't go through all of them right now. Um, but DDR all, got also, nominated again. DDR Ray got nominated DDR, again. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, for rates and barrels, but also the writers who got nominated or cross got nominated many, many Steve Gardner got nominated. So many of our friends got nominated. And so we really just want to wish them well and, and congratulations and go get them guys. Um, now on the Shana Goldman hockey writer of the year. Hey, now Chris Clegg wrote, uh, Chris Clegg, who is a listener to the show and who I've been on his podcast. I'm going to go back and do their podcast again, the Toolshed podcast at Fantrax, which is really fun to do and a good listen. I was listening to him because he did this. Uh, he asked me to do it and I wasn't able to do it, the, but this mock draft of dynasties and he did like 15 leagues and then he aggregated all those numbers, right? And they're really, it's really awesome. And he sent me the list and Jazz Chisholm's at 51. He's two ahead of Tyler O'Neill at 50. 
three. Carlos Correa was at fifty, so that gives some idea of of why the the cho- why I made that choice because it was almost like getting Tioscar, who was at forty three for free. But fifty one, Nanda, do you think fifty one is the right choice for Jazz? Do you think there's major upside there? Yeah, I do. I wrote about him. I think I want to say like two years ago, maybe maybe before the pandemic, before that twenty twenty, before the you know the, the shortened season as one of my sleepers or a breakouts or one of those, uh, I'm in love with, I, I love Jazz Chisholm. I think he's amazing. Um, so yeah, I've got, I, I think that's fine. So you look at that trade that I made and you yeah. say, which, which side do you prefer? I like, so I think Kopech has, is like the forgotten man. Like even his baseball cards are going cheap. Um, like his mm. first Bowman is going cheap and autographed is going like, I don't, I don't get it, man. Like, Kopech did everything he was supposed to do last year. Showed, like, lightning arm, ton of strikeouts. And then you move him to a starter, and fine, you lose a little bit of that edge. Like, you know, your K rate might go from 14 to 11. But, like, that's still an elite top-level pitcher. I mean, he could put up Brandon Woodruff. Uh, probably not Brandon Woodruff ratios. But a serious K per nine. And he could. I think he he's could. got it in him to have a low ERA and whip. Maybe, like, 350, 127. Um, I don't know. He's like the he's like a jewel. It was like uh the way people were talking about Yohan Mankata before he got traded when he was coming up, like he was the biggest deal in the world, and that everyone just kind of like oh whatever. And then he had his breakout. Uh, same thing with Kopech, man. Like he was this humongous. Everyone was all over him, you know, dynasty leagues and real life prospect lists. And now you know what he had surgery, and he came back and had an amazing season out of the bullpen. Everyone's like oh ho hum. I I don't I don't see what the, I don't get it, man. He's supposed to be amazing. That's all. My rant. That's my Kopech rant. DVR, where are you on Kopech? I like Kopech as a buy now. I mean, I like the concept in a long-term league of moving Jazz Chisholm right now because yeah. the most likely path is that he's a little better this year than he was last year and that with the swing and miss that he has, that he levels off as a 245-250 guy that is a 25-25 guy one time and then generally is less than that most years. Still a really good player. Uh, this is the time to get Kopech. If Kopech can get... A third pitch to work consistently. I know he throws occasional curveballs and changeups. That's going to go a long way toward making him a successful starter. But even as a two-pitch starter, if he's a five-and-fly guy, I think he might be good enough to post ratios in line with what Nando was putting out there. I mean, I think that's very realistic. The redraft price isn't bad. Uh, the team situation is pretty good. It's still a good place to pitch. So even though the Tigers are, are better with Javi Baez and maybe with a few young guys coming up this year, it's still not a matchup you're going to fear. The Royals are kind of in a similar situation, right? they got a handful of prospects. Witt's definitely coming up. We'll probably see Prado and Melendez. Still not a matchup you're avoiding there. I like the setup quite a bit for Kopech. I think he makes a lot of sense, and the long-term value could be really high. And the simple fact is, if he spikes this year, if he's good as a starter this year, this time next year, you're probably trading him to someone else because everyone will overvalue him. That's the whole name of the game in Dynasty. And that's why I moved Jazz why we moved Jazz this past week. Because the value <laughs> A nice correction there, man. Well, no, but we, we, we decided together that it was like, yeah, no, 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 we make this move. Because you gotta you gotta sell high. And and even though it's not as high, like last April he was a top twenty dynasty asset for a couple of weeks, right? Because the, the, the prices move daily based on what you do. You, you go four for four with two home runs and three stolen bases in one game. You're going to go up 15 spots in a dynasty ranking. Like it, literally, if you were moving it day by day and he still holds the charm of the year, but I still think I'm still concerned. So I am, I'm fading as they say, just Chisholm. Um, and, uh, and that's why we, we made the move and I'm happy about it. It's a good, you know who else Ian's fading hard? Who? Joe Adele. No. Joe Adele dropped. Yeah. Well, yeah, he dropped. How, how far did he go here? I don't know. I don't have the actual numbers. I okay. know where it was last year. <laughs> so that's very helpful. All right. So he, he's at 122 right now. Joe Adele is at one. He dropped 50 spots in your dynasty yeah, rankings, and he's like the top prospect in the game. No, he's not. Or he was. Or he, he, was. he was a top three prospect for a while. He's, he's uh, really his prospect eligibility is gone at this point. Um look, I, he's still a high high level player. He's still a valued player at 122, but you know, there's there's downside there for me at this point. I mean, there's an example of a guy who we last year were like, "Hey, if you want to if, if Joe Adele's price has never been lower and now it's lower." So, 
you know, it, 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 it's okay. It's okay. He He's okay. It's a good spot for him. I'm, I'm happy with that rank. 122 for Joe Adele gives you the, the right amount, I think, of upside and risk because he could fall off the map. I mean, if I'm offering you uh, Willie Adamas for Joe Adele right now, DVR, are you, are you take, who are you taking? I'm playing for now. I'm probably taking Adamas. I mean, I think the concern I have for this year is I don't think Justin Upton's going away completely Great. unless he's hurt. Brandon Marsh is a good center fielder, and Trout should play in a corner. So I could see Adele being a little more frustrating with playing time than we'd like him to be. But I'm I'm not as concerned long-term. I think this is the kind of thing that will work itself out. Upton is old enough where beyond this season, yeah. he's no sure thing to keep playing as much no, as he's No, he's going to retire. He's going to finish out his contract, and he's not going to be on the – Artie Marino regrets that five-year deal, four-year deal, I would bet. <laughs> That's why he fired Billy Epler. That's a sound man uh, – owner strategy <laughs> maybe <laughs> you still bought it but see the projection for him a projection that i'm reading on baseball reference for joe adele for this year and here's why i've dropped him a little bit is uh 306 plate appearances nine home runs uh, 278 at bats uh nine uh three stolen bases two caught stealings that's the thing and his uh strikeout to walk rate 22 walks 80 strikeouts in 278 at bats so you just can't i can't be all Yo, you're a top 100 player at this point. I just can't. I'm. I. I, I can't. Someone else can. Someone's going to argue with that. With that ranking, I'm comfortable with it. I'm pretty comfortable with it. I really am. I think you want Joe Adele long term. Still, I mean, we saw improvement in the K rate during his time in the big leagues last year. Spent half a season at AAA. Had a 122 WRC plus. He's still just 22 years old. Last year, 22 at AAA, putting up numbers mm. like that is good. The swing and miss is a bit of a problem when you look back at what he was doing at that level, but I'm a lot more optimistic because of the lower K rate at the higher level, especially when we saw so many prospects come up and have a K rate jump 8 or 10% over what it was in their final minor league stop. There's plenty of power. There's still some speed. There are a lot of ways for him to make value. I'm, I'm still in on Joe Adele in the long run. So I, I like that Adames Adele trade that you threw out there because I think it's the kind of trade you can actually make. I, mean, yeah, I think yeah. the, the person with Adames is happy to take Joe Adele in return and you as the person getting Adames might be getting a player who's still a little underrated even after his career best year And I've last got Kopech year. at 112, right? So that's ballpark. Who are you taking? Joe Adele or Michael Kopech in the Dynasty League long term? Oh, Adele. that's a good one. Well, well, here, let me ask you this question before... Well, I guess you already answered. Um, what what did he it, say? I missed it. Adele. Adele. He whispered Adele. Oh, okay. All right. Um, is Adele, like, is his upside now superstar? Is it, like, Justin Upton? Uh, I mean, like, where, where does he fall now? Like, do we – he's not, I mean, he's still so young. I don't think we do know. But is he just a guy who's going to hit 268 with a chance of 30 homers every year? You know, I, I know he's got some speed in there, but he hasn't really shown it in a few years. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, is he not like that – going to explode and become like the next Mike Trout kind of guy? Is he just, is he ceilinged now? Like now that we've seen a little taste of him? I don't think we've seen a ceiling. I mean, the debut, the, the season that is messing with everybody and probably even making the projections look a little worse than they should is the 2020 year one shortened season of the pandemic mm -hmm. garbage year where we have guys who've been in the league for eight years who did weird stuff that we don't want to trust. And we're talking about a 21-year-old seeing big league pitching for the first time, he struck out 41% of the time in those goofy conditions. If he just hadn't debuted that year, if he just never played in the big leagues in 2020, and you saw 2021 in the minors after that 2019 move to AAA, and then we saw his debut, the conversation around him would be completely different. So I guess it, for me, it comes back to how much do we care about what Joe Adele did in 38 games as a 21-year-old in 2020 when everything in baseball was just weird and sucked? It's a fair question. It, you know, I listen. I've been listening to my podcast again, which is super fun. And I was listening to um, James, James Anderson's podcast, ding, and he had Phil Dusalt on. Uh, this past week, which He's was a stud, man, didn't he yeah, win man. like all of the main events last yep. year? He had the year of years last year, and. He was talking and he said that he had listened to James Anderson ding a couple of weeks earlier where James was talking about 
the 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 AAA pitchers, and I'm not exactly sure. I want to commend that. That's an old Tony Kornheiser thing. I'm going to commend this article to you. So I'm going to commend this podcast to you um, because it's it's worth a listen. Because Dussault said that he took what James said and changed his projections for all prospects coming up this year and dropping them lower. Because what he what James is saying is that the pitchers that were in AAA last year, that what they did was they it was a lot of like mediocre relievers from the majors and they kept all of the high end prospect pitchers, the really good pitchers stayed in double a. So that's why the triple a uh, stats are so high. And that's what he accounted for Joe Adele and Bobby Witt and all of these guys being so successful is that they were facing lower level pitchers in triple a. So he was dinging them in redrafts this year and Dussault said that that made a tremendous amount of sense to him. So he went back and changed all of his projections. So a guy like Bobby Witt, no, I think it was uh, O'Neill Cruz was a guy that early in the offseason he was high on. And then as the offseason has gone on, after making this adjustment, this subtle adjustment, it moved Cruz down about 15 slots. And so now he's not getting O'Neill Cruz. And so just the, the only thing that I'm, it makes me think of this, because we're looking at Joe Adele's AAA numbers from last year. So if you're dealing with, middle relievers that are down there waiting to get their chance to come up. That's different than dealing with, and I'm not sure where Grayson Rodriguez was last year. Was Grayson in AAA or was he in? I think he moved up from, maybe did he go A to AAA? He was high A and double A last year. All right. Okay, so that falls into the same, thank you, thank you, see, you're so good, man. Devere, you're so freaking good. Um, that falls into that same category. And that's what James was saying in his study of prospects, that the double-A pitching in some ways was better than the triple-A pitching. So to take the triple-A stats with a bit of a grain of salt. That being said, looking at Joe Adele's numbers, if you do take out what DBR said and you take out those 2020 numbers that were gross, I mean, just gross, 124 at-bats, 55 strikeouts and 124 at-bats, a 161 batting average, and you take the 2021 stats, which were 130 at-bats, with uh, only 32 strikeouts, not that bad, with a 246 average and a 703 OPS with an OPS plus of 90, you know, that that maybe there's there. But I will say about Adele, that dynasty big list, he landed at, I have him at 122, he landed at 139 with the aggregate. With, you know, being picked around 125, 133, 168, 113. So it's, it's I hope I hope it's okay with Chris that I'm sharing these you know, not everything because he shares everything on his page. They should have this big thing on the Patreon, which you should subscribe to if you have a chance. How um, do you find but, it? Do you uh, find go go to Chris's Twitter, Chris Clegg, and and it'll all be there. And it's it's a it's a well worth a well worth a look. Really, really well worth a look. He's he's a, also he's a really good guy, really smart guy, really good guy. He and Eric do great stuff. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You don't have bruised or greater roll on your list. 
Couldn't help but notice. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> no. <laughs> but I don't draft him in that draft you yeah, were talking please about Please don't earlier. use him Why? as your face of the franchise pitcher. But you know who I did put in 400 for you? Yeah, Hunter Green, at, oh, who knows, but he's down pretty low. He's right above Trey Mancini. It's not that low. I put Spencer, hey, Dustin May's pretty low. All right, go ahead. Spencer, Spencer Turbo. I put Spencer Howard at 400 for you. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. I appreciate that. I always I always try to throw in a, a Nando love, you know, a guy that Nando loves. And so I know. So wait, who is the one? Bruce Gruderall, we don't need to discuss. But who's the other person that you were? No, I don't even know anymore. I was just saying names and I black out when I say there, the names. There is Dustin there is, May. I thought Dustin, Dustin May. May. Dustin May's. I thought pretty pretty well represented here. Dustin May. I guess. I mean, he'll be pitching in July. No, but I mean he's he was no, no, stuck. No. He's oh he's he was really out in May, right. I think he's oh, I think August. he's out for I think he's out for most of the season. Like he's right. he I have him at two oh one. That may be a little low, especially considering I have Glass now at one thirty one, I think. Um and they're in the same ballpark. Like guys who are injured, you gotta be really special to take the year off with TJ surgery and not get dinged really far. Cause it just the val it's just it's just real as we've talked about on the show before, it's really hard to hold a t- a TJ guy. It's just it's just hard and the value just over the course of the season, you're just like, oh my god, this guy. So you know, it's now is still not the time to try to go buy Tyler Glass now because owners don't want to give him up. But uh, there may be a moment, and I'm going to be buying when I have that chance. We got a tweet. I got a tweet last week, and I put it on the rundown. And I really do want to get to it. Um, <laughs> okay. Because no, I want to get way, to it. I'm not disagreeing with any of these. Like I use your ranks as a guide. I know you've studied a lot more. Like I'm just wondering why they're there. I'm not- oh no! Hey, listen, and I'm getting on the phone with Tom Trudeau I, uh, to give credit to the different people who really have gotten their fingers on this dynasty list this time. Robert Mershak, oh, as always, is is someone who I'm working with. Um, Alex and, Cushing, and then yeah, although not as much time as as typical, he typically puts in a bit more time. But he he was oh, very valuable and very helpful. He's troubled paradise. What's going on? Not at all. He's not no. like you anymore. Yeah. No, no. I mean, I don't, I don't know. know. Like, like, I don't know. No, he 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 made he took time to do it. And then, but Tom Trudeau, I was like, Tom was like, hey, you want me to take a look? Because we got on the phone and talked dynasty, um, you know, just overall strategy and theory, which I really do enjoy talking. And Trudeau is freaking brilliant at it. And he was like, hey, if you want me to look at your dynasty list. And we did. And he did. And he had a lot of feelings about a lot of players. And it's great because you learn so much just by hearing these different perspectives. Ariel doesn't help me with dynasty lists because he doesn't. That's not his game. But I always take into account what Ariel says. So I would say that those that group of people uh, really, you know, it, it like with chess players, if you look at uh, the, the, the gambit, the Queen's Gambit movie uh, miniseries there's like five people helping the one person talk about strategy and how are you going to beat this person i take that i take that into fantasy baseball i try to learn as much as i can from really really smart people like i learn about trading from fred zinke i i learn about value from ariel cohen i talk the game with glenn colton with steve gardner and that's why i asked them to do the the pitcher list with me the other day. And I learned from you guys on a, on a weekly basis, especially like Artie Moreno. Okay. Ian Khan is one of the most competitive guys I hear in the fantasy industry. Oh, just, just happened to want to bring up this tweet. I ha- I told a guy I was going to talk about it on the show. Hey, so Ian if I Khan's don't... the greatest fantasy player ever. <laughs> yeah. That's what I typically yeah. do. I, I always say that. That's <laughs> okay. what I always say. <laughs> I promised I would read this tweet. <laughs> uh, I need advice on how to take down. Not a tweet. the most handsome expert. Sorry guys. I promised. <laughs> I promised this guy on Twitter. I'd read it. <laughs> You, All right, go ahead. Sorry, Ian. Go, you, really, you, you are really handsome. I need advice on how to take down a three-peating champion. What projections do you like? A single system or combo? Certain strategy? I need to beat this guy this year. Double exclamation mark. Here's my thing. I'm, I'm reading this and I'm like, how the hell am I going to write something on Twitter to answer this question? So I wrote back. I was like, hey, look, we'll, we'll talk about it on the podcast because I, I, I can't, you know, I mean. What? So DVR as 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 the one of the 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 wisest and smartest in the game. What would you say to this gentleman? The first thing I would do if I'm losing to someone consistently, I'm trying to figure out why. I'm looking at their old rosters. I'm looking at the old auction or draft results that we're in, and I'm trying to figure out what they're doing so much better than I am. And it's sort of like uh, well, we talk about Alex Cushing a lot, right? From the GDD league and the, the dominance that he's had in a bunch of leagues that we've all played in with him. And anytime someone's finishing ahead of me year after year after year, 
I'm trying to figure out why. Probably the most recent example for me is Tout Wars, where I keep losing to Jeff Zimmerman. For a while, I kept losing to Fred Zinke. Part of Fred's success is how effectively he trades, but it's more than just that. It it's draft day value. I think the thing that I've taken away from Jeff that might be more applicable to a lot of people right now is the emphasis on playing time. He is emphasizing playing time as much as anybody that I know out there, right? And I know the old mantra, draft skills, not roles. Like That's a, a, a founding principle of, of what you're looking for when you're analyzing players and making some of your decisions, but playing time matters a lot yeah. more than people realize. And I think year over year, when I look back at the final standings, it happens in labor sometimes too. I think I've lost to Derek Cardi at least once, if not twice since I joined NL Labor. Innings, at-bats, those are the things yep. where if I look... That's a huge gap because I took on too much risk. I took on too many players in those builds where I was hoping for Gavin Lux getting 500 plate appearances and he got half that many, right? Those those types of mistakes, right? I think you can see some of the mistakes you're making when you look at some of the things that the people that are beating you are doing consistently well. So I would just start studying the last three or four seasons, three specifically, we've got a three-peat here, what the heck is that player doing differently than everybody else and immediately start adopting those traits into your own approach? Huh. I, I would even take it a step further. Uh, I would call the guy. This is what happened with me, how I, how Ariel and I started talking on the phone and oh, I'd like to say learning from each other and sort of like, Ariel beat me on the last day of Tout Wars when I was going for the repeat, and I broke my freaking heart, like killed me, losing by a tiebreak. So in dealing with the pain of it, I called him and I said, hey, Ariel, uh, how do you do so well? Because when I play Ariel in a league, it's always uncomfortable. It's never comfortable because he always has just so much strength. And He's like, ah, I'm not really going to tell you because if I tell you, then you know, I'm not going to keep my advantage. And there are things that you don't know that I know that I'm not going to tell you. And I said, uh, yeah, all right. But there are things that I know that you don't know. Well, I'm not sure about that. I mean, there's a lot that I know. I understand. But there's some things that I could probably share with you. All right, maybe. I mean, you know, you are interesting. So uh, let's give it a try. And in the process of that, I learned. We almost so made it, TVR. We almost, nah, almost. No, I'm getting so much positive feedback on this. 50 minutes uh, from, so from, much- the, from which other voices in your head are you getting them from? no that's it that's all i just do some ariel it, it's easier to do when i'm not on camera it, it's a little less self-conscious but in the process of that phone call and by sort of flattering him and saying look you're one of the best players in the game i want to learn from you he taught me a lot and i've taken that knowledge and grown from it so i would call the guy and say hey what is your secret man and he'll be like well i'm not going to tell you he's like yeah but you know I, i'll share with you my secrets and then it, it you grow as grow in the game. Like you're always, always be learning. Jedi, a Jedi always learns. That's what Dave Filoni says. And you're never the master. And when you think you're the master, you're not. So like always be learning, always trying to get information. So also I would look at projections and taking what DVR said, I, I take very much to heart. At-bats and innings. So in AL Labor last year, I had the most at-bats by far and I had the most innings by far. And the and, and the ratios were all good, but I was running away with runs in RBI. Home run and stolen base, really high, because I have more chances to get all those numbers. So guys that are not sexy or fun, like Jonathan Scope or Jean Segura or Mark Canha, those are guys that actually end up winning you leagues. David Fletcher, 564 at-bats or something like that. He'll Mark get Canha you, this year? Uh, no, Kenha, uh, I don't know. I mean, Kenha, I think is 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 pretty good, you know. But guys who aren't gonna, guys who are gonna stay in the lineup, who have who have legitimate jobs, and they don't have the wild Jazz Chisholm upside, mm-hmm. right? But again, what's the downside of Jazz Chisholm ending up back in the minor leagues? First thing is you got a 200, 200 average, and then he goes down, and then all of a sudden you're playing the waiver wire to cover your shortstop or second base position. So real. Real value and safety. There's a lot of value. There's value and value. How about that, Nando? What are your what are you, what are your thoughts? I don't really win too many leagues, so I'd probably hurt this guy more than help him. I'm more of a prognosticator, but then when it comes to in season, here you know, learn from my mistakes. Just pay attention in season, or get yourself a co-owner like Chris Vaccaro, who like obsesses over lineups in season, um, and just have him set lineups, and you can help with the draft. That's the key. Like that's part of the key. That's part of the key of not missing out on playing time, though, right? If you 
that's the in-season aspect of this that I think some people struggle with. They miss Monday deadlines. They miss Friday deadlines. There's no they excuse don't that. do a good job looking at the schedule. Yeah, come on. It's the 4th of July weekend, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's not even just missing, though. Sometimes it's not doing a good enough job of looking at how playing time is being adjusted in season, right? You might have a, a right-handed hitter who's fallen into a platoon, and he's got four righties on the schedule for the beginning of the week. And he's only going to play two of those games because tough righties are, are what makes this player sit now. Not keeping up with that stuff, that's the other way you leak playing time. Yes. So when you're leaking playing time, you're leaking RBIs and you're leaking runs and you're leaking home runs and it sucks because you're just you're just falling behind. But you think you think you're good because you've got four games on the schedule, but your guy just played two because you weren't actually paying attention. And you have I need to beat this guy this year, double exclamation mark. So you do all the extra work. Don't give yourself any excuses if you're in that place. I'm not saying people should play fantasy baseball that way. You don't have to play fantasy baseball that way for it to be enjoyable and to be successful. You don't. But if that's where you are, play the game at the top. Dedicate yourself to it and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give everything that I can. I try to do that every year in every league that I play in. I don't give myself an out anywhere. There's no excuse for me, for me. I'm just speaking for me. And if you're, sir, if you're in that feeling and you've got that feeling about it, go for it. You know, go look at the projections, go understand everything and give it, give it your best shot. That's good. Yeah. I think we got, well, I got to go do my pitcher list. Oh yeah. Hold on. One more question. Uh, Ian Khan is the greatest man on the face of this. Or this from a guy on Twitter. I promise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Actually. Well, I will leave. Well, let's wait on Kellenic for, for next week. But one thing I want to give the guy named Chris Hill. This rundown is like uh, the end of usual suspects. Like, I didn't realize you actually hit all these names that you put in there until I just looked at it now. I am Kaiser you, you're, Soze. You're very, you're very talented, sir. I am Kaiser Soze. <laughs> Tom um, Trudeau but, at number 12. No context, just Tom Trudeau. And you yeah, somehow well, found, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, actually, I didn't even get to the point that he want, he, they, that he was talking about that was really interesting about swing, uh, swinging out of the zone rate, which was something new in it, something to to dive into at some point. But uh, somebody was talking about something that has been a guy named Chris Hill. Uh, he was talking about prospects that have been traded, and I just want to throw this out there as a balloon: that if a team trades a prospect, there's probably a good reason for it. And actually, it was in reference to Jazz Chisholm too, because Chisholm was traded from Arizona to Miami. Yeah. It was so, for Zach Gallen. It was there. Yeah, for Zach Gallen. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, they did the controllable pitching, and they had another shortstop, Geraldo Perdomo. Right, they, right. I think, are pretty high on. Yeah. But, so okay, but but even uh, there was there was another prospect, but just this idea that oh, it was Kelnick. It was actually Kelnick. Look how it all ties in. It all comes together. It dovetails, as they say. So he was talking about. I was trying to say, hey, you interested in Kelnick? And he's like, no. I'm like, really? You're not interested in Kelnick at all? He's like, no. The Mets traded him. They knew something was wrong with him, and he didn't prove anything this year. I was like, well, you know, I mean, blah, 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 blah. I'm not even sure about that. But I just wanted to float this as a balloon, something that we can think about for next week. When a prospect is traded, is the team that own, that that owns them? Is that wrong to say? The, no, no. The team, the, the team that had The team that had them, the team that rostered them, um, decided that they were going to move on from him. You know, when when the when the Tampa, oh, it was Matt Libertori. That's who it was. He said, I trust the Rays. If the Rays trade a guy, I don't want him. Because it means there's a hole in his game. I don't know. It's just something that he put out there. Like you know, he's like, I trust the Tampa Bay Rays not to trade the good players and to trade the guys that are going to fall off the table. Which is what they used to say about the Yankees. Like they they prop up a guy and then they they move him because they know that he's going to stink. So anyway, it's just something for us to consider for next week. And by the way, as you can tell, if you send us a question on Twitter, I'm at iancon4, Derek is at, at Derek Van Riper, and Nando is at Nando Defino. If you send us a question that we can't answer, boom, 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 like that, we'll try to talk about it on the show, right, guys? There's right? also an email for those, you know, there's uh, fantasy pods. At Nobody wants to do that, though. It seems like really? a lot easier, a lot more, con- you, you have unlimited characters. Yeah, okay. That scare me now because now it's like <laughs> get, we get like a three page long. My team is this. No, yeah, please not don't like do that. that. Please don't yeah. do that. So no. so keep it to two hundred forty characters anyway. So just send us a question and we'll try to answer it online or we will uh, answer it on the show. That's it. Compliment Ian. You might get both. Ah, uh, see, <laughs> he's taking shots. What can you do? I love. We gotta go. I gotta talk about all. second round starting pitchers. My all specialty. Right. Make it know. happen. Make it happen. My, my passion. We gotta go. <laughs> for the man whose weird and incomprehensible hate for Artie Moreno makes sense now that I see who has pick number 16 in the MLB Mega Draft DVR 
That's weird. Yeah, it's your co-host, Brickaroli. This is, <laughs> now I know this is the long con to get to, uh, yeah, that, that's what it is. For the man who doesn't always scoff at assistant GMs, but when he does, they're Nando's friends. He's Ian Khan. <laughs> Just one wait, of, wait till your last pick for that one. You're safe. You're safe. One of the most competitive guys I hear in the fantasy <laughs> industry. That's Stay great. thirsty. Yeah, go. Oh, okay, go. That's it. That's the end of that. That's the, for the guy. All right, <laughs> we got to go. We love you all. Uh, off the pitcher list. Oh, I'm sorry. Pitch con. And, uh, you know, some other things. Talk to you later, everybody. Bye. Bye. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk.